Welcome to WCSU 411, a podcast with all the information about interesting people and achievements at Western Connecticut State University. I'm Paul Steinmetz, and today I'm here with in our studio with... I'm sorry, I got to start over. I have it all written down. Welcome to WCSU 411, a podcast with all the information about interesting people and achievements at Western Connecticut State University. I'm Paul Steinmetz, and today I'm here in our studio in Whitehall with Professor Dave Smith, who has taught percussion at WestCon for 47 years and recently announced his retirement. Before we start the interview, I want to mention a couple of things. First, when I told people I was going to do this podcast, they said, Oh, I love Dave Smith. This is men and women, students and professors, administrators. Every single person said those words. Second, every person also said, oh, Dave will never do the interview. Yet, Dave Smith, you did agree to do a final interview. So with your permission, I'll ask my first question. Go ahead. Why do people say those things about you? I have no idea. (laughs) It's very nice to hear. I... I, I love everybody, and it's just uh, it's just an amazing place, and it's been a great place to be and to work. And so um, everybody's been so kind to me all all along. It's been so hmm. I don't know. I, and uh, it seems like you have enjoyed working here very much. Yes. Has it been forty-seven years? It has. That's the record for WestCon, you know, the, really? as far as professors go. Yeah. yeah. Ruth Haas, the former president, was on campus longer, but she was not a teacher for most of that time, of course. Yes. She was quite a lady. Hmm. You yes. worked with her. I did. She was the president when I was hired, and I was interviewed by her for, for the job. At that point, anybody being hired was interviewed through her mm-hmm. after the, the department. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting, but she was very cordial and uh, explained a lot of things to us. And she's actually the person that helped us find our first place to live here in Danbury. No kidding. Somebody she knew had an apartment right down the street and she made a call for us and we went to look at it and we lived there for three years, Hmm. walking distance to school. I never met her, but I heard she was very cordial and uh, kind. Very much. much. Did she strict? Strict. Strict. Did she know anything about music? I don't really know if she did or not. She he was a, a, appeared at concerts mm-hmm. once in a while, not not every one, but she did she did show up for some concerts and um, probably knew more than we thought she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one question I had was, uh, how did you last forty seven years at a little country college? without wanting to just walk away. Most people wouldn't uh, do that or say, would say they couldn't do it. It's 47 years in one place. Very, very interesting because three years was sort of the limit other places. I mean, I've gone to high school, three years. Back then, that was the way it was. Mm-hmm. Three years in the Army. Well, I was also going to night school there, so three years at college. Then it broke because then I taught public school for two years, back to graduate school, and 
then came here. And very honestly, I was, after being here two or three years, I was very excited about playing and being a performer. And I auditioned for orchestras around the country. And fortunately for me, I did not win any of those auditions. I was close for the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra. I was a finalist there, which was very exciting. But having looked at the person who won the job and talking to him several times over the years, I, I was much happier here. And uh, it was just meant to be. <laughs> and it was never boring here because when I first came and for the first 25 or 30 years, I was teaching many things, not just percussion. I did all the bands at one point or another. I uh, conducted the wind ensemble, the symphonic band, the pep band, and, and our attempt at a marching band years ago, which was very small. It was not the kind of a campus that would really be a, a supportive of, of bringing other, other non-music students into, into the fold, so to speak, to do that. And it was very exciting to, to do that. I also taught all the music theory courses, arranging courses, conducting courses, and Howard Williams and I uh, actually wrote the first jazz major program. Mm. It is much, much better right now. They have done many things to make it make it better, and it's amazing faculty. So, so it's it's always been very, very interesting, and. Then when I was just doing percussion, which was really the job I wanted in the first place, of course, but uh, it has, has been just very exciting because I've been very fortunate to have so many terrific students. Um, they participated with me in things around this area. They would travel for our uh, national conferences and their ears and eyes were open for those things. And it, that came back to WestCon in many ways. And, and so they saw what was available, what was out there, and they came back and made, their more, made more attempts to bring our level, our level of, of ensembles and performance up, and it worked. And it's just really uh, has, has been a, a terrific thing uh, to do that, so. It sounds like you're a... Uh love being a teacher as much as being in the music uh, area. Yes, very much. I mean, to me, nothing is more exciting than watching some kid who could barely do much of anything when they first walked in here and playing major literature when they leave. Um, and it's just, it's very exciting. It's um, no, nothing else kind of matches that mm. for me anyway. Yeah, well. Westcon has been a uh, had a, a reputation as a music school for a long time, but uh, the now it has a regional reputation. It's very well thought of, I believe. And so, do you still find get students who are um, uh, they're I think at a higher level than they might have been twenty five years or thirty five years ago? But do they still walk in? very raw, and then uh, four years later, know the, um, uh, the ins and outs and uh, are very uh, professional in their approach, the way that you just described. Yeah. We, we still 
have some like that uh, coming in very, very raw. If they have obvious musical talent, which doesn't necessarily um, show up in their playing initially, but it shows in their, their musical sense, their ability to, to sing and play rhythms, uh, we, we then try and, in the initial audition, give them things while they're standing there in front of us and see how well they can be, how well they react to our suggestions, and we take, take them in. But generally speaking, the level is, is much higher coming in because uh, the high schools are, are preparing them better, and you know, we could say, well, some of those are from our students, and they are. We, I get a lot of students from my former students. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, so it, uh, it is, it's a little easier to deal with the, the people coming in generally speaking, now, mm -hmm. than, than before. So, uh, but we've always had some at a very high level and some not so much. Raw talent. But, but they, they all work very hard. And what I like about my studio and the percussion studio in general, the, the, we, we generally have two of us teaching classical percussion and a drum set teacher teaching the jazz drums. And all the, all the percussionists and jazz drummers seem to get along and help each other. They sort of mentor each other. The older students uh, take, that, take the others under their wing and do that. As a matter of, right now, while we speak, in one of the rehearsal rooms out in, the, uh, in our building, uh, one of my better students, one of my best students, is now working on a duo with one of our uh, freshman who's also also grown a lot this year so he's 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 doing very well but it's very exciting that, the, that this older student is playing this piece with them and helping them uh, go and it's a difficult piece too so it's it's really they're in there they're sort of starting it now with the plans of performing it in the fall mm. oh, that's uh, good uh, you mentioned a lot of your students have gone on to become music teachers yes mm -hmm around the state and yeah. the uh, region, you think? Yes. We, we, uh, I mean, my percussion students uh, have uh, there. In, but in general, our, our students from the department have actually been all over the country. Um, a, a young young woman who graduated six or seven years ago is teaching in uh, the Seattle area. She was in her second year, obviously it's three or four years ago, I don't, don't know, and she uh, was teacher of the year in their district. Mm. Uh, so the kids are, are really getting, getting uh, well-trained here in the music education. So, some of my students um, have taught in the area. We have um, three of them teaching in the air in this within 25 or 30 miles right, right now, and they're sending, sending some of us. And one of the best students I had my very first year has been well. He's retired now, but he's he taught, and he has sent me several students over the years. And the most recent one, the year before he retired, was one of the best students that I had hmm. coming in there, who's just a terrific talent and very exciting to work with. We've had had a lot of our students. I've had a lot of my students go on on to grad school it's at Yale. I've had a couple of them do a master's degree at Yale. Um, NYU, um, Manhattan, Manhattan School of Music. So it's, 
that's excited, and then they turn around and work work with others and have sent us some other other students and just brought the reputation up a little bit and uh, so it's been it's been very exciting mm-hmm. yeah, so. you mentioned uh, you taught music theory that's one of the toughest courses right yes it is how do you help yeah. these students uh, get through that patience <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, I always like that. The, the people teaching it right now are much better than I was, but <laughs> but it was uh, there. Uh, it is is a nitty gritty kind of course that needs to be worked on and worked at. Some kids pick it up immediately; it's very simple to them. Others struggle and struggle. And but we have programs, mentors, the older students that did well in that help the help the younger kids. And so it, it works out pretty well. I, um, if they work at it, they can do it. Mm-hmm. Virtually anyone can learn the mathematics of it, which it really is, and then, then go on from there in some of the more interesting aspects of it. You know, so, you know. I never knew that we had a pep band here. It's too bad that we don't, can't uh, uh, bring that back. Well, they have unless unless it's disappeared. In the I'm sorry, year. a marching band. A marching is what band, I meant. Yes. yes. Yeah, it it's a very expensive venture, and it existed for a few years, and I would spend much of the summer on the phone, calling kids, feeling like a salesman, trying to convince them to join this, and. The largest it ever was was 50 players, hmm. and when they're coming from from a high school that has a 200-piece marching band, it uh, becomes a difficult a difficult sell, so to speak. And, and it just uh, was not the not the atmosphere for it. Most schools, universities that have successful college bands, are uh, many of the people in these marching bands are not music majors. Mm-hmm. There, there are other people that wanted to do it or they enjoyed it in high school and then continued to do, to do it there. And uh, so we don't have that, or didn't anyway, have that many many people. So uh, that would, would come out of the woodwork, so to speak. Right, and, and work hard. I think so, yeah. So it... Uh, it was sort of fun for, for a while while we had it, a little bit, but then got very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, finding a place to rehearse. We used to go up and rehearse, rehearse marching on the uh, parking lot of Broadview up the street mm-hmm. um, before everything happened over here and behind uh, the school that was just torn down, Roberts Avenue School, the big field there. We occasionally reused that. Uh, when we could work it out was between the schedule of the football team that was in practicing. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a difficult thing and then the, the struggle of keeping everybody, everybody going. So it really, it's, in my opinion, mm-hmm. not not the school for, for that. Mm-hmm. It just uh, um, might change over the years. Uh, I don't really think so. So many kids are are commuters, as you know, and to have them come back 
and spend all the hours of our weekend. Um, we have a pep band that is virtually all music majors, mm -hmm. and uh, that that works out, you know, or seems to work out. And, and but marching band is just another animal, and it really it becomes a difficult thing. Yes. You know, so. Can you talk a little bit about your um, conversations that you had with the uh, person who won the seat at the opera and uh, the kinds of things that he said that convinced you that you had got the better deal? Well, well first of all, he ended up with several marriages, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, it's a very difficult schedule with the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra. And, um, of course, you can't really blame that on the job, but, I mean, no. Sure, it had something. Probably, partly, yeah. yeah. It had something. He was at the point where, where he was just tired of playing the music, and he just was was really ready to retire long before he actually did. Hmm. And he won the job right back out of college, and it was very exciting. I'm sure for a few years, and then and it became became sort of drudgery, just from, from what I have seen, had seen from, from him. Nice fellow, did a lot of, lot of teaching, a lot of writing of, of, of percussion books on literature and things, but the actual excitement of the performance didn't seem to be there after, after a few years. So, mm -hmm. and, and that's sort of a shame, you know, uh, whereas I didn't win a full-time job, but had this wonderful job here. And being in this area, I was performing almost as much as people in full-time orchestras. So I played in, at one point I was playing in five orchestras. Hmm. And our first 10 years here, our, my wife and I performed in the same orchestras and it was just a nice, a nice it worked out very, very well. What did your wife play? She's a cellist. Hmm. And she taught cello here for a long time and uh, string workshop also for a long time, and uh, until a few years ago. And she also was a string teacher in Danbury Schools mm -hmm. for 25 years, so, mm -hmm. yeah. So you, had, uh, uh, you were able to compare notes a lot? Yes, <laughs> yeah. And as our children started coming along, she would drop out of one orchestra, then another one, and so, you know, so uh, it was, but it was all, all good, mm -hmm. yeah. So in orchestras, you can work, it's a part-time gig most of the time. Exactly, yeah. You, were, you played in the New Haven Symphony Orchestra, is that right? Right. right. For I was there time. for 40-some years, I don't know exactly. <laughs> I, I started subbing there in the early 70s, 73, maybe 75, and, and kept doing it. And they were very busy back then, so I was getting to do a lot of extra things. And then in 1988, I became the principal percussionist there. Uh, until I retired from there last year. And now my son is playing there. Mm. In fact, going there tonight for, to hear the uh, concert, and uh, he is a very challenging part tonight. So, uh, and playing next to him tonight is uh, one of, one of uh, our colleagues here, the uh, an adjunct percussion professor, uh, Doug Perry, mm. and he's uh, playing there. And he, so it, it'll be an exciting thing for us to see that. So. But it was it was a long time, long time there. But in hmm. having retired, they haven't auditioned for the position that I had yet. But my son has been at the top of the sub list, so he's been 
playing all year with the, with the orchestra, so it's very nice. And he's also in the Coast Guard band, so he's very busy really? percussionist. So, so. Hmm. Well, is he an active member of the Coast Guard then? Yes, hmm. that's the. Uh, and, but they're the, all they do is uh, perform music. And mm-hmm. they, they travel and do uh, public relations things for the Coast Guard and uh, any kind of ceremony. They're, they're putting a new ship in the water, and whether it's in Michigan or along the coast, they fly them out there to um, you know, be there for part of the ceremonies. Mm-hmm. So and they they travel to Washington D.C. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So but they're right down in New London, which is very nice for us to have. I one of our sons very close, so it's yeah. nice. So. How do you feel about your son going into the family business like that? Uh, they knew the obstacles. <laughs> so <laughs> now they, three of our children are, are musicians. So hmm. um, our other son is a bass player, and um, he, he did a lot of work in New York, some, some pretty famous uh, things he, he had a chance to do. And... Um, now he's admissions counselor for the at the new school, which mm. the new school, the jazz, jazz and commercial music department and drama and dance. He's a very busy man. Yeah, so, and then our daughter is a cellist, like mm. my wife, but uh, she has a degree in music therapy, but is really spending her whole time raising her two little girls. So, and her husband is a doctor, and so mm. yeah, it's worked out very well. Yeah. And you have a child who's not a, a musician. Yes, my, my oldest son is uh, worked in sort of the aerospace industry with uh, uh, a couple of different companies um, that deal with things. The uh, last, last thing he was on was uh, working on a project that was uh, a project that was going to be uh, given to the Navy, where the Navy was supporting it. But, so he's. Uh, we used to joke that he'd be the one that would support the three musicians. Right. So, but, <laughs> it's good uh, to have one so, in the yeah. family. But he's he's brilliant, and uh, so, and uh, yeah, he's, he's good. He was he, in high school. He played in the band and mm-hmm. did that stuff. And he, he actually uh, was a DJ when he uh, was in the service. He was he was in Japan for three years uh, with the, the Air Force, and uh, worked weekends as a DJ. Again, kind of interesting. So, that is interesting. Uh, yeah. Did you serve in the military too? I did. Yeah, I, I was in the West Point band. Yeah, hmm. but, and uh, the the part of that, the drum and bugle, drum and bugle corps, which uh, nicknamed the Hellcats, hmm. which is a rudimental drumming kind of thing, which was perfect uh, for what I did at that point in my life. It was I did that right out of high school, for three years, and uh, that, like every aspect of my life, it led to other things and. So it was, it's uh, made important kind of connections with people that did things for us later on. Mm-hmm. You know. Have you always had that sense of being open to, to uh, the next thing that was going to come along or things of uh, serendipity? Yes, I think so. It's, mm-hmm. uh, um, things are constantly changing. And I was involved with some of the technology stuff for, for quite a while. Now I'm not sure I'm absolutely sure how to turn my computer on. <laughs> but uh, I, I did teach some of the early courses in technology here. And uh, so and, and went to a lot of conferences and, you know, for, and that, for that kind of thing. So and a uh, long time ago, in, in the early, early years here in the 70s, uh, there was a uh, person on our faculty, Richard Morrill, 
who had a contemporary music ensemble that was made up of both some of us from here and uh, most of the people from outside. And we would do a series of concerts every spring uh, throughout New England and um, occasionally did some, some longer things. We did a two-week tour in uh, South Carolina through the uh, NEA and uh, mm. we were able to you know, do a lot of uh, programs for kids in there, and so it was all avant-garde kind of kind of music, and very uh, very interesting, very unique. So, well, some people don't have that uh, openness to new things, right? I'm sure you've seen that here mm-hmm. in other places. So it's a uh, different. It's an approach that you have to um, yeah. cultivate, right? I think so. Yes. Yeah, we're we're pretty lucky in in our department anyway that everybody's pretty open to. All, all sorts of things. It's just mm-hmm. to try try different things. So it's it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, did you start playing drums as a youngster? Is that how you uh, got into? Them? Yes, I um, officially started sort of late, and uh, it was I think I was twelve when I started. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, kids start earlier, and so. Uh, but I just wanted to do that more than anything else, and. So uh, back then, lessons were 50 cents for a, for a lesson, and somehow my mother found that money to get those lessons for me, and then I got into drum and bugle core kind of playing and, and drum set playing. Mm-hmm. So it was just, that's all I wanted to do was play drums, so it was, it was good. How did you discover the drums? I don't really remember ever not wanting them. <laughs> so I, I don't know when the point was that I really discovered it um, as, as a very young child. I don't remember how old I was, but I used to somehow strap with rubber bands and like an oatmeal box on my waist and walk up and down the street in front of our house uh, with two sticks drumming on it. And uh, no, mm-hmm. it, uh, don't imagine it sounded too good, but, so, <laughs> but it was, uh, uh, oh, it was, it's always, always there. I don't, I don't like I said, I, I can't remember the point that I really said I want to be a drummer. I just always did. So, so it's more of a feeling than a uh, conscious uh, thought. That yeah. You had. yeah, for me it was. Yes. Yeah. So. And your mom supported that. She did. She did. Thank heavens. Yes. And, and put up with it. And I would have drums up in the third floor of our house, and people would come and visit. She said, "Well, why don't you play for the?" for so-and-so whatever there. So I would lug all these drums down to the first floor. I'd play about 30 seconds, say, okay, thank you, and uh, lug them back upstairs. But she was, she was very supportive, yeah, so it was, it was good, yeah. Was your father in the picture? Uh, no, he left very early on. I was three months old, and mm. he disappeared, so. But yeah, it's one of those things in life that uh, I think I'm better off mm. when I... My brother was 12 years older than me, and he, it was a very difficult time for him to have a father leave at that mm-hmm. age, so, but, uh, so I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So, was, so. was that your only other sibling? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of cousins, and we all lived pretty close, so mm-hmm. that was a big family. Where did you grow up? Uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Little League Baseball. All right. Yeah, so that's... that's uh, the only thing everybody knows it by, but right, right, pretty much in the middle of the state, 
also. Mm-hmm. Did your mom have to work outside the house to support the family? Oh yeah, she she did a lot of different jobs and worked as a waitress for a while. Worked uh, uh, she did payroll things for a, for a factory for many many years. Yeah, so hmm. yeah, so it was that was that was her main main job. So So can you walk up to anything with a stick, with a couple of sticks in your hands and start playing? <laughs> I do that sometimes. I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think so. Anything, anything that's solid, you, know, you can play on it. But, uh, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it's, it's a bad habit. If the state ever looks closely at my desk, it's in <laughs> my office. I, I drum on that a lot today explaining something to one of the students and I'll huh. play on that instead of uh, getting another drum set up so, and uh, just to show the different uh, different ways of playing figures yeah yeah so. so as a percussion professor you've got to know the drums and the marimba and the uh, I don't know what else is there uh, the timpani mm-hmm. those, those are the three big big things and, and then drum set and all the accessory instruments, the triangle, the tambourine, uh, these castanets, woodblock, I mean, it's a whole, whole box full of toys that we have to be proficient on. And um, it's funny because it's things people take so, so for granted, and then all of a sudden they're called on the carpet for, you know, playing it incorrectly. And so we try to, we try to through master classes, to get the kids, you know, up to speed on on the accessory instruments, and uh, it's one thing. Kids coming through uh, school systems, all they want to play is snare drum mm-hmm. and or drum set or timpani, and then they forget about the, the colors that are added to the music with the, these small instruments. So it's uh, so we have to be able to do all those those things, and um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. it keeps, we never get bored. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, that's it's uh, it's difficult to keep everything going at the time. So, sort of, you go to one direction for a while till a certain job happens, and then you sort of make up for that with the other other instruments and get working on those. So, it's yeah, it's interesting. So you you're saying you. Uh, uh, might get a gig on a uh, cruise ship playing something, and then uh, your next job requires you to know something about the other instruments that. Uh... Right. Yeah, and that's a very common common thing. The cruise ship jobs. We've had several students that have come out and have done that, and they. Uh, it's a very interesting. It's really a good job for for people to get for a while, uh, for the drummers because they have to play to a click track, which is a like a metronome beating in your ear, and. Uh, because they, you know, on the ships, they very often will hire a small group of inst- of musicians, but what the people that are there are hearing is a big band, mm-hmm. and so most of those sounds are pre-recorded. So they have to, the live musicians have to play right along with that. So and it's a really it's really good training for for kids to to do that. And uh, had one one fellow graduated a long long time ago did did that for a year or two. Ended up playing some Broadway things after that because of the connections he had made from there and being able to work under those conditions and play, mm-hmm. play those things. So it's been, it's a good, good thing. But but it's it's true. And, um, 
if, if they're playing a show, they're surrounded by instruments. Like they're a Broadway type of show. They have all, virtually everything that we have in our arsenal surrounding them the, to play those things. And uh, it's exciting. And then, then like two months later, they'll be playing a marimba recital and they have to put all the concentration on that and uh, let the other things go. And so it's, uh, like I say, it doesn't get boring. Mm -hmm. yeah, so. so it's a different technique or a different, uh, I'm not a musician, so it's a different approach for different uh, instruments, even though they're percussion. Right. There are basic things that, tra that transfer from you know, move, moving the hands certain ways is, mm. is, is that. Mm -hmm. But they all have their different touch. You play a note on a snare drum, and to play a note on a timpani looks the same, but it's a totally different feel. Hmm. Yeah, so that that uh, kind of kind of thing. That's interesting. So I've been to some concerts, and I always assume that the kid playing the triangle is the one that you're mad at, or that <laughs> is being punished for something. Yeah. At, uh, well, sometimes that might be true, but. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It, it's uh, it's a great instrument, and I uh, that I remember. And I always tell my my percussion workshop. I remember the specific time that I really enjoyed the sound of the triangle and what I was playing, and what instrument, I, what triangle I was using at the time, and why it all of a sudden sounded so wonderful to me. Mm. And, and I was already out of college. It was playing Carmina Burana by Carl Orff. And this little triangle part, along with the woodwinds, all of a sudden it just added a sparkle that I, for some reason, hadn't noticed before. And it's just, it's, it's a great instrument. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's not really easy to play. Everybody thinks it's just so easy, but mm -hmm. to play some of the, some of the orchestral literature is very, very difficult, very challenging. You know, so. It does look, because it's a triangle and you have one little metal, uh, Mm. Beater. Mm. Beater, yeah. So uh, is it difficult because you have to figure out where in the triangle to touch where, it? And where, to, where, where to touch it because you touch it and play it and, and one side of it, it's a certain sound, and the other side, it's hmm. different sound. How to play sustained sounds, rolling, um, and how we're going to play the rhythms that are, that are there. Hmm. So if they're very fast rhythms, you have to decide are you going to do one hand one with one beater or are you going to hang it up and use two beaters. And again, that creates different problems of sound. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's all, always uh, it's an interesting dilemma. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's one that is not uh, often thought of. But, uh, there are a couple of funny uh, things on, on YouTube, with ones with Bernstein getting really upset with triangle players. <laughs> and uh, another one where some some guy who, who's, I forget who it is, but somebody who is well, fairly well known as, as a uh, speaker and an actor decided to, to find out what it was like to play, the, play triangle. And I think it was with the, with the New York Philharmonic, they allowed him to play this, this part one mm -hmm. time in a, in a rehearsal. And, uh, and then they were video, videotaping it. And it was just really funny how nervous he got and everything. So it's really, really funny. I mean, Sometimes you'll have one note to play, and you sit there and you start talking to yourself, and what if I miss this note? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but 
it's it's interesting. I had no idea that it could be so complex. That's yeah. interesting. Well, you were uh, had a uh, concert on this past Saturday where you were recognized and honored. I uh, mm-hmm. understand it was a surprise to you. Yeah. It was the final uh, percussion uh, concert. Per- Is that right? Percussion ensemble concert. It was my mm-hmm. last one. Yes. It was a very, very emotional day. Yeah. So, kids from all generations coming back. Uh, they're not kids anymore, of course, but uh, the fellow that uh, I mentioned that was here, freshman my first year here, he and his wife were back, uh, and he played in the very first percussion ensemble concert they did in 1970. And it was it was just great to see him. We've been colleagues, actually, for a long time, too, but uh, it, it's been, uh, it was still wonderful, and people that I haven't seen for years. Um, Dan Goble, our former dean, he and his wife flew back from Colorado to uh, to share with me. And one of my students just graduated a couple of years ago. is teaching in Tennessee now. He and his wife flew up uh, for that. So these people are coming from all over. All my kids were here. I didn't know that was happening. Uh, uh, the, the concert was, was Sunday, and Saturday we were up in uh, at Wesleyan with the percussion ensemble for our Connecticut day of percussion. And I got home from that about seven o'clock and my wife leads me in the kitchen and I knew our daughter was going to be there because she, she came in on Friday. She was in there from Arizona now, so she was just coming up for, to be back in the Northeast and be here for our, my last concert. It was very nice. But I had no idea anybody else was coming and I walk in the kitchen, my wife's in there, and then all of a sudden two of my granddaughters from of my sons, my oldest son, come running into the kitchen from, and they're living up in Rochester, so they were there, and then and my other two sons showed up on Sunday morning. For, it was just, it was just wonderful. Yeah, sounds nice. And, and my kids were just fantastic on Sunday. They just were played the best concert I've ever had, and there was one piece I didn't even know was going to be on it that Kevin Isaacs had written for me, hmm. and they. Uh, they kept it as a surprise. They actually printed up two copies of, of the program. They made maybe 10 copies of the program without this piece on it. And then everybody in the audience had the, the program with the piece on it, a little insert. And uh, so it was time for that. To, you know, I was ready to go out for the last piece, and two of my students grabbed me and said, come with us, come with us. And they took me out and sat me down in the front row, and then these four or my students and played this piece uh, that Kevin had written. So that was just, there was, was one surprise after another. Then I'm signed with the Yamaha Percussion Company and they, uh, the fellow that I dealt with, with, with them for many years, uh, who's now in, in Dallas, uh, all of a sudden comes walking out uh, with the person that replaced him in this, this area. With him. And I presented the Music Education Legacy Award mm. from the Yamaha Company. So that was just, uh, just again, just a really, really wonderful. It's been so exciting, emotional, everything this last uh, this last week. Yeah, yeah I imagine. Um, hmm. yeah. When you played that or uh, directed that first ensemble concert 47 years ago. <laughs> You couldn't have imagined that you'd still be here 47 no, years later no, doing this. And no, yeah. At that age, you don't think too much beyond the next day. <laughs> so, uh, so it was just, uh, it, 
it's always been good. It's always, always been good. I mean, that was very different. The level was extremely different. I still had that one fellow that showed up on Sunday here. One of the best players I've ever had. He's an amazing musician. He was, um, he was a full-time performer for a long time, and he uh, became a music teacher and was the band director at Pomprog High School up at Southbury for I don't know how many years before he retired. And he just had a wonderful program because he's such a super musician. And he taught here several times uh, over the over the years. He was adjunct teaching percussion for a while. He then did the symphonic band for a while, a few years ago, and just just a terrific, terrific. So, so I've been so lucky. I've always had someone like that, uh, and then more and more. Right now, we have quite a few like that. Mm. It's just exciting. They're, they're just really, really terrific, and they're playing the highest level of uh, of difficulty in the music they're they're performing. It's wonderful. Yeah. And what are your plans now? We are planning on doing some traveling, getting to see our children and grandchildren more than we do. We see some of them twice a year. It'd be nice to be able to do a little bit more than that. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife has several relatives in Germany that we visited several times. We want to try and get back there a couple of times. Uh, our daughter may end up living there for a while. Her, mm -hmm. son, her husband is from Germany and they plan. So, so we'll be doing traveling that, that way and just a lot of things we've seen and a lot of things around the house that I have been putting off and putting off and also I have some of those too yeah. so the um, uh, what's your last day here in a couple of days well yeah the last actual thing I mean uh, uh, our next next Friday is our last actual set of juries that I'll be listening to hmm. um, then commencement you know, mm -hmm. two weeks later. So that's it. I mean, the official date is June 1st. For, uh, that, but uh, it took me a while to get everything out of my office, even though I got rid of a lot of stuff when I moved from Whitehall to, uh, to, the, uh, to the new building mm -hmm. um, three years ago. But, um, I'm not necessarily pleasantly surprised that the stuff I still have left. You know, it's really, it's really amazing. But it's 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 really good. So, uh, keep giving a lot of music to my students that uh, that I will never use again, and uh, they will. Mm -hmm. So it, it would be uh, it'll be good. Started doing that already, uh, giving some some larger pieces to some of the kids. So, and that's oh, yeah, that's. That's it. I'll be spending a lot of time cleaning and getting posters off the wall and mm -hmm. things like that. You know, so in the next few weeks and getting my instrument. I have a lot of my own instruments here, so we getting those those home and trying to figure out where they're all going to go. Mm -hmm. You know, but uh, it's a bit of a challenge. And do you uh, plan to play still from time to time? I do. I'm hoping to. I'm uh, playing a big band, uh, a rehearsal band. Uh, uh, just started rehearsing again this this week. Uh, played drums with that, and it's just fun for me. Um, and occasional things will come up. I did even a couple weeks ago. I did a piece uh, called Escapades. It's the music of the uh, movie uh, Catch Me If You Can, music by John Williams, and 
features an alto saxophone and vibraphone, and we did it in Bridgeport, um, I forget the date, but about a month ago, and a big, big part took me a long time to put it back together again, and but it was fun. So hopefully things like that will come along, mm-hmm. and I never know, but, uh, and I've done some jazz gigs at the pizza place in, in Bethel that has uh, jazz every week, and may do one of those once in a while, but uh, you'll see. But, so yes, I, I plan on doing that and practicing. Mm-hmm. I, haven't had, I haven't had a whole lot of time to practice a lot lately. So let me ask you a question about uh, your reputation as being the nicest person on campus. The, uh, you really have to work on that, I think, and uh, um, think about the difference between uh, being nice to somebody and blowing them off or uh, not giving them the time that uh, they're looking for uh, and working at it, yeah. right? I suppose, yeah. I don't, I don't think of it as working at it, but um, everybody has something to give. And I've been on both sides of things like that so many times in my life. Um, I uh, try to be positive all, all the time. And um, you know, occasionally you have to get upset. And, I've heard stories that I've been upset, but I don't necessarily remember all the details, <laughs> uh, which is probably a good thing. But uh, it, uh, it's, it's, I don't know how to put it, but in, in the atmosphere that we have here uh, in our department, it's, it is like a big family. And everybody really treats everybody in a good way, 95% of the time. And it's, so it's easy to do that. It's just mm-hmm. walk in and see somebody that's there, you say hello and smile. Mm-hmm. They usually do the same back, you know, so, and that's it. So I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's, that it's work. I don't think of it as work. I know I come in and maybe have a, I've had maybe a couple un- unfortunate events happen and sort of grumpy walk in the door and there's some of the students and all of a sudden they feel better. You know, so, so I think it, it's, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think of it as work. You know, so, and it's just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure I'm the nicest person around, but that's, you know, it's uh, Officially you are. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that's really one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this uh, podcast so that everyone, not just in the department, not just the students that you have taught, but that uh, everybody who maybe hasn't met you yet can find out uh, uh, why you're so lovable. <laughs> and uh, I just want to add to uh, the uh, pile on and uh, tell everybody, tell the world that I love you too. Thanks for all your time here at oh, WestCon and uh, everything you've done for us and for all the students and the community. We appreciate it. Yeah. Well, it's, I've taken away more than I've given, I'm sure. That's, uh, that's the, the nice thing of it. You know, it's been, been amazing. So, hmm. yeah. 
Thank you, Dave. I also want to thank our producers, Scott Volpe and Pete Puccio, who make this podcast available around the world. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe at WCSU Media on iTunes or SoundCloud so you can stay up to date with all editions of WCSU 411, as well as the other WestCon podcasts, which are also um, pretty interesting most of the time. Thank you. Thank you.